0: Yo,
1: good guest today, Nikita. I know, I'm really. Excited. You're a guest, of course, but now you're a regular fixture. Nikita met the family. All right, had a good yes. time. Yes. Yeah, there was a lot of probing. <laughs> 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 and Nikita's getting her shot. She's down here from Vancouver, and she's stealing an American second shot of Pfizer vaccine. Yes, American they're just handing them out here like candy in Phoenix, and Canada doesn't have fuck all. I know. My mom's 80 years old, can't get a vaccine. Go into a CVS here, buy a Reese's peanut butter cup and get uh, shot in the ass. <laughs> COVID free so. with a Reese's peanut butter cup <laughs> and some sweet tarts. Yeah, I know. That's it's, America. They, they can barely give him away here now. And meanwhile, Americans don't want them. Yes. Don't even get me started. No, me neither. Yeah. I'm worried that I might not be able to have a baby if I, had, well, I got my shot, which made me excited about the shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Show (laughs) uh Ben Hunt is on the show today. Ben is one of my favorite thinkers. You love him too, Kinita. I do. Do you know who he is, Nikita?
2: Yeah. He's a guy um who wrote Epsilon Theory, the blog.
1: Yeah, he writes Epsilon Theory blog. Um in a nutshell, I would say Ben is an activist for people to stop being dumb or just to invest with their head on straight. You know, investing is, you know, a life's work. You you want to stay in the game. And so Ben has, uh, has tied his farm in Connecticut. I forget where his farm is. Somewhere in, uh, somewhere in the northeast, east coast. Somewhere in the northeast. And he's connected all his farming, all the animals on the farm to uh, the financial investing world, you know, from sheep to <laughs> raccoons. Raccoons being my favorite because we are surrounded by raccoons in the world of finance. And um, now that crypto's out, there's just raccoons. I mean, I think crypto is great, but uh, and so probably does uh, Ben. But the raccoon are on the prowl. Yeah. And with this Bitcoin crash, um, there's two takes. We're going to talk to Raul this week, too. And I know Canoe hates me saying that, but we're banging out a lot of podcasts <laughs> for the summer just because we want to get away. And Raul has an interesting take. You know, we had a crash, 70% or 60%, yeah. which is never pleasant. But you're not reading about an exchange having to get bailed out. We're all making fun of it. But in the end, people took their losses. There's no like CNBC special report. Uh, The people that lost are probably embarrassed. Um, Speculators got annihilated and the world just went on. And we didn't (laughs) have to hear, you know, we didn't have to hear whining from the banks. The Fed didn't have to intervene. Um, I think that's kind of cool.
2: Yeah, it's like business as usual.
1: Business as usual. Those that leaned in a little late got hammered. And markets found a bottom; they were down fifty to eighty percent on some tokens very quickly. Yeah, uh, that's how markets kind of worked back in the day. So, but Ben has a really interesting take around the narrative. So we're going to get him on the on the phone because the Bitcoin narrative changed. Vinny brought it up, you know, in the sense that Elon Musk, for whatever reason, he always has his own reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, and he uses Twitter like a as a punching bag for people. He just he has the ultimate power now that Trump was kicked off. And so Elon Musk is uh, person number one with tweet as a weapon or as a, a wand or whatever we're going to call it. And he just changed the narrative.
2: Well, just yesterday, he was looking for developers for Dogecoin. Oh
1: my Lord. <laughs> like, so, I mean, at some level, I love it. He's, he's a mem machine, but at some level, if crypto is going to work, why is one guy probably doesn't care that much about it? Shouldn't he be focused on space and Tesla fucking around with the markets Uh, one thing is the sec doesn't can't really get involved in it or isn't and so we'll talk about that with ben i also want to talk about you know a couple years ago he was like wait just wait inflation's coming and again like ben is one of those people that looks at data has developed tools on epsilon theory to help him Mm -hmm. figure out what narratives are coming And, and now we're all we talk about is inflation well, and really- he's not talking about it, but he was writing about it two years ago saying this is inevitable. So I want to check in on that and just see what he's thinking about over the next year.
2: Well, I'm really excited to hear his thoughts if he thinks inflation is transitory.
1: Uh, I still don't know. I forgot to ask ben, uh, Charlie what even that means. So remind me to ask him what transitory means. Okay. Because, um,
2: it seems like such a poetic term.
1: Yeah, it also seems like one of those terms raccoons use. <laughs> so uh, without further ado, can you call Ben? I certainly Do, will. Are we call collect?
2: Yes, I saw Bell this. No
1: no problem. (laughs) Hello, Ben Hunt.
0: Hello, Howard. I I, I've got to find a way to reverse these charges at some point.
1: Yeah, thanks for accepting the charge. We're rerouting (laughs) this through Uruguay (laughs) and uh, some new coin that promises six G. Out of Singapore, I think. It's a token.
0: Well, Howard But we go to eleven G like the movie. 11G that's right <laughs> howard i suspect that uh, you are also as i am old enough to remember when uh, you know we we with my parents we'd call my grandparents their parents you know once a week or once every other week and you know of course we'd have to make the conversation really short right because yes. we were all very concerned about the long distance charges correct from the from the phone with the really long cord that we had in the kitchen
1: well, we, I know this because I wasn't in prison, but summer camp was kind of like prison. <laughs> well, the food. And well, you laughing at? Scarred for Jewish life. Jewish camp, you know what it's like. It's a tough place. And we would battle and line up for hours in the mosquitoes to make our phone call to our parents and then just fight with them. And, Why are we calling you if we're just going to fight? Did you put on your 60 SPF, Howie? Uh, so, yes, I remember those type of calls. I do remember my, like, being married, we're talking about phone Now we're just, Ben and I are just going to talk about prostates for an hour. But I do remember, like, I used to remember when I w- was traveling back in, when I was 30-ish years ago, 26 years ago, and, like, having to plan with Ellen when I would call her from Japan. Like, the whole world, the whole day revolved around when you were going to call somebody.
0: Yeah, these kids today just, don't
1: appreciate it with their tokens, right? Their
0: I, I I talked about dialing a number the other day, and I got this look from one of my kids, like, "What? What? What does that even mean?"
1: Dialing <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A number. and the busy signal, but, the old busy right? signal. So, <laughs> the thing I want to talk about today, because you've, well, first of all, I want to talk about raccoons. Yeah. Okay. Can you give people a definition of when you talk about the farm and the raccoons? Because Epsilon Theory is just... Sure. People can go back in the sure. archives and read this stuff, but it's some of the most classic financial literature, educational narratives out there at Epsilon Theory. Let's talk about raccoons because I want to talk about raccoons today.
0: Well, yeah, I I, I try to make a connection between that the animals out here on the farm and what we see in investing. And raccoons are my enemy, right? R- r- raccoons... They're not like a fox. They're not like a coyote. They're not like the other predators that live out in the, in the woods because raccoons steal and kill just for the sheer sport of it, right? That it's, just, it's just what they are. I and mean, when we have this nice image, popular image, popular culture image of, of raccoons. I mean, there's Rocket Raccoon. You know, we've got we've got plush toys of, of raccoons because they've got the opposable thumbs and a, and a and a cute little face. But you know, raccoons to me just just symbolize the wanton criminality in the in the animal <laughs> kingdom. Yeah. And, and so that's my reference point for the the hucksters and the the con men and the sometimes the outright criminals that infest financial markets because look, raccoons come to where the garbage is and uh, financial raccoons come to where the money is and that's uh, that's the markets, baby.
1: It is the markets. Um, we get what we pay for. We wanted yep. decentralization, or somebody wanted decentralization. Now there's a mantra and some of the best investors in the world from Christix and the Fred Wilson, uh, Yoni Asia, obviously I'm talking to Sam from FTX, I was talking to Vinny who's who can swing both ways on, you know, bullish, bearish, decentralization, Raul, Paul, everybody's got Mm -hmm. a great take. I always was looked at it somewhat positively because the people that were in early really didn't need the money. It was more, they were taking a lot of reputation risk for saying, well, you know, we've tried all this stuff, the Twitter, the media, the, all these centralized things and, you know, it just, we ended up with the same shit that we had before technology came along. You know, the same oligarchs, the same people in charge, the same yep. the same gatekeepers. And now all those people that brought us Twitter and Facebook, including Fred Wilson, all the investors and Andreessen that brought us all this stuff are saying, wait, wait, wait. Decentralization is the future. And I know in a way some people will say, well, that's a raccoon. And I've always been like, mm, you know, they, they, the inspiration for all these things where technology will lead the way and now we're seeing the technology just helped new people be the old oligarchs. And so decentralization, it was like, wow, well, I don't really understand what they're saying, but they really are already rich. So it must just be, they are so interested in this and they're taking a lot of reputation risk. And so flash forward 10 years and seven years in Coinbase's case. And here we are again and Elon Musk, Went from bull to bear. I can't keep track. He's become a day trader of crypto um, because space and electric vehicles aren't keeping him busy enough. So where are we at the raccoon phase of crypto?
0: Oh, we're immersed in the raccoon phase.
1: (laughs) When I think of raccoons, I think of Toronto. I lived on a ravine. We had a very nice house. Mm -hmm. And my dad would have night vision goggles on. And a pellet gun and he would say, Here, son, we're going hunting. I go, Nah, we're kinda in the middle of the city, Dad. And then we would just scope out the garbage cans in our yard and just pick off raccoons one by one to save the neighborhood. And right. that's how that I really felt raccoons were like that. My dad taught me that they were like destroying the na- you know, just destroying oh, the awful. makeup of our You're city. Terrible creatures. So now that decentralization is here. And you have believers, non-believers, institutions, retail investors, exchanges, and very little rule of law. I mean, you, could you create a better scenario for raccoons?
0: Well, short answer is no. But, but I, I got to tell you, Howard, the, the, the raccoon phenomenon that I think we're currently infested with is less, I think, a manifestation of Wild West decentralization and... As much as it is the empire striking back, and and what I mean by that is the institutionalization of Bitcoin in particular, but you know crypto more broadly, and it it allows for a different class of raccoons, if you want to kind of put it that way. It it allows for yeah people call the Ur raccoons, you you know, that that prefix U R is for primordial raccoons, you know, the 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 O G raccoons because I. I don't know what else you'd call i also call it like the sailorization of bitcoin yeah because right? because michael sailor is a classic <laughs> raccoon it's it, classic right and and now he's reinvented himself again as the as one of what we call in kind of narrative research and in game theory a missionary as a bitcoin laser-eyed missionary but there's also guys like mike novogratz right i yep. i mean you know it's a different class of raccoons frankly it's a much more pleasurable you know these are raccoons that you can kind of have an interesting dinner with it's not I'm trying to remember some of the well, they're crazy accessible. guys who
1: are they're accessible
0: yeah accessible and 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 they're 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 more understandable because they are out to make more money for themselves <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they're, they're not you know as 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 weird they're 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 institutional raccoons I guess that's a way to yeah, to, to talk about it
1: so so part of your your mantra recently is that Bitcoin's narrative has changed. It's yep. in, in Bitcoin as an NFT. So walk us through how you how you see Bitcoin 2021 uh pre and sure. post recent crash.
0: Well it's it starts with a similar point of view that I think you had and Fred had and the like, which is what I love about Bitcoin specifically, crypto more generally, is that to me, it's always been a almost fail-safe indicator of someone who has an entrepreneurial spirit, who is focused on autonomy in all the, the, the good ways that we mean that word, right? On autonomy of mind. And frankly, a, a healthy amount of resistance to Wall Street and Washington and the way they don't control us directly, but the way they nudge us all the time. I love that aspect, yeah. right, about, about, about crypto. And what I've seen happen to crypto, and again, Bitcoin specifically, crypto more broadly, is what always happens when you have financial innovation. Uh, Washington wants to see it, and Wall Street wants to make money from it. And that's what you've got. So, so you end up with not Bitcoin, but you end up with jazz hands, Bitcoin. Right. Uh, you know, Bitcoin with an exclamation mark in italics and trademarked, meaning that what you end up from Wall Street is that you end up with a call it a derivative. You can call it a representation of the price of Bitcoin. Right. You, you know, that's what that's what Michael Saylor is doing. Right. With MicroStrategy. What what do what you you're not owning Bitcoin if you buy a share of MicroStrategy stock. You're basically buying a share in a tracking stock, something that is presented as a representation of the price of bitcoin a levered version of the price of bitcoin it's like you know not owning gold but owning gold in the form of a gld etf right or owner owning a basket uh, an etf of uh, gold miner stocks there's nothing wrong with that but this is what wall street does it creates an opportunity for flow which is where all the money is for Wall Street. It's not The money in Wall Street is not around price, it's in flow. Whether that's asset flows, whether that's in uh, transaction flows, that's where the money is. And so that's what Wall Street always does with something like Bitcoin. They turned it into a, I'll use a $10 word, a bolderized, uh, that, that's an old good word. It's, it's, a, it's a neutered version of Bitcoin. Yeah. It's a representation of price as opposed to the representation of all the stuff that I really liked about Bitcoin in the first place.
1: Yeah, it's right now just, what do you think, Nikita, for someone who, who, who bought it through an ETF in Canada, right? It's just a price. <laughs>
0: yeah, of yeah. course you did. You know
1: right? what I mean? Like,
2: but, but I loved reading in your blog post about Bitcoin where you said that uh, gold is tired and Bitcoin is wired. Yeah, that's what it is. It's got
0: a better narrative with it. It's fresh. It's young. It's not the grumpy grandpa, right? Gold is a grumpy grandpa.
1: You know, to me, it was like growing up Jewish. I don't know if I gave that away, my <laughs> summer camp story. <laughs> and the fact that I applied to early pen status at my synagogue, <laughs> where I have a card carrying depends where at age 55. Um, <laughs> is. It's just the religion of gold always bothered me. Mm hmm. So I guess I came along to the investing world thinking stocks were cool, right? Like Lifepoint and FICOR in the 90s and semiconductors. And I'm like, fuck gold, you know? And commodities. And I guess maybe because I was lucky and it wasn't a commodity cycle, it was like that narrative made sense for a while. And then commodities had a boom and I'm like, Jesus, miss that. And then Bitcoin comes along and I'm like, I always kind of thought it was just like gold because other than wearing it, And other than the Indians who adore it, right? (laughs) Yeah. The, what, I don't understand gold. Like, How many people had to die to get that shit out of the ground?
2: But even as an Indian, like, I've always just seen the utility as like a jewelry and, you know, enjoy wearing it. jewelry is the least
1: ESG (laughs) thing of all time. How many people die so women can wear jewelry, right? How many people have died digging and transporting gold? Uh, And yet we've spun up this term ESG. And now we're we're blaming Bitcoin on ESG when gold and diamonds uh, are the least ESG friendly things of all time.
2: But tell me, you don't like my fingers with these gold rings? Yeah, they're cute.
1: <laughs> the so, where in this cycle are we with Bitcoin? Do you think it survives this narrative?
2: Yeah,
0: Bitcoin, the 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 OG Bitcoin, of course yeah. it does. Right? I, I mean, OG Bitcoin, and this is the narrative, right? Bitcoin doesn't care. Right. Uh, that's, that's exactly right. But I'll tell you, Bitcoin, jazz hands Bitcoin, Bitcoin trademarked the Wall Street Bitcoin, it absolutely cares. And, and, it, and it cares for two reasons. First of all, it cares because the dominant narrative, the dominant pitch that Wall Street has today to sell some sort of Bitcoin-related product, some productization of Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is, again, I'll do jazz hands with this, a store of value. It's the gold argument, right? It's digital gold. It's a store of value, you know, because we've got that evil dollar debasement um, happening today. And so naturally, well, you know, Mr. Institutional Asset Owner, if you had 1% in gold, you need to put that 1% in Bitcoin because it's wired, it's not tired. Oh, this is the narrative that we're talking about nikita right this is this is that wired narrative it's hip it's fresh
1: but it's not it's, a commodity it's, under it's that Bitcoin. but it's not a commodity right. so that's a different twist yeah yeah, it, yeah. What, oh, it, it's it's not going to go up because lumber and copper twist. are going up or will it go up as a as in a, in a basket of commodities is it is it a commodity 2.0 no, no.
0: no it's not it's not in the same way that gold really isn't i mean gold at least has some commodity usages right and I guess there's a little bit in cell phones and, you know, to, to, to get the, the rings for, for, for Nikita to wear. But, but basically, gold is now an insurance policy against central bank error. That's why gold in the form of not physical gold, but GLD, some sort of digital representation of the price of gold, a Wall Street product of gold, that's why you buy it. It's an insurance policy against central bank error. Mm -hmm. And that argument, that narrative, is exactly how Wall Street has been selling Bitcoin, Bitcoin, over the past year, year and a half, as the store of value. I mean, that's the argument that Rawl Paul, look, it's a good narrative. It's a good narrative. Because it drives number go up. It's it's, it's a perfectly fine narrative. But that narrative took a real hit.
1: That narrative took a hit. And and Vinny, who I had on from Civic and a good friend of mine, and I'm... He's an LP and I'm an ambassador, so we're all conflicted in this world, but but in a good way, in the sense that we're all trying to get to the bottom of this stuff. Was like the real hit here was Elon threw the ESG shade on Bitcoin, Absolutely. so it's not going to bounce like it would in the past.
0: Yep, that is so right. That's yeah, so right. it was I've something that he said that was well. so
1: right about that as a Bitcoin bull. Yeah. was like, dude, like that's a major shade on the narrative that was working.
0: Right, because because here's what happened. So so you've had other kind of I'll call it kind of hits on Bitcoin that knock it as a store of value, right? So, it, you know, the problem is it's hard to have a hundred vol asset and pitch it as a store of value, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, that it, it doesn't work very well, but, but give it enough time and that can actually work. Yeah. You, you can recover from that. But I have no doubt that if the recent price hit had been from some new China rattling something about, oh, you know, Bitcoin ownership again or miners, that- Wall Street can overcome that. What happened when Elon did his tweet about, oh, we're no longer accepting Bitcoin for Teslas because, oh, we got to worry about the environment. This is a classic case of what we call a narrative studies of creating common knowledge. It was an emperor's new clothes moment where, of course, we all know individually that all these mining rigs all over the planet, guess what? They use electricity. Duh. It's a lot of electricity.
1: I honestly didn't know that. I thought it just came from uh,
0: (laughs) storks. I thought storks made them. Came from the storks, the the Bitcoin stork, right? (laughs) But but when a, a, a missionary, again, to use this term, like Elon Musk comes out and announces that, hey, there's a real energy problem here and it's a big deal, then we as investors, this is now... We all know that every other investor knows this. And that is what creates common knowledge. Common knowledge isn't public information. Common knowledge is what we all know that everyone else knows. And once that happens, we all have to act as if we believe it too. So whatever you actually think about Bitcoin and energy usage and, 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 and the like, which, look, it's a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. You can't unring that bell. You can't unring the bell that Elon rang so well. He's a very effective bell ringer.
1: The bass, and right? Like he is he, he is. He's amazing,
0: king. right? It is, look, it's the greatest source of power in the world today to be able to create common knowledge, to be this sort of missionary. Huh. And, you know, Michael Saylor at first, Novogratz, some of these others, they said they kind of went after Elon when he did this. Mistake. Big mistake. Because it's not, because it's person. common knowledge.
1: Like, guys, move on it's to the next It's common
0: knowledge, right? How are you going to unring that bell? You can't. All you can do is try to muffle it. And so that's when you saw Saylor and Novogratz getting together with Elon with this, you know, Bitcoin miners council, right? That they're going to kind of form this consortium <laughs> to. I didn't see that How yeah. why would Elon oh agree my God, to that? You didn't why would Elon? See
1: that? That's a raccoon move for Elon to then embrace those two. He should have continued well, to shit all over them.
0: It's, it's perfect for Elon because what he can do now is, you know, Tesla still owns some Bitcoin. I assume <laughs> he can extract rents from his position as being the go-to guy. Because now it's well, if 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 Elon says it's okay, then uh, it's okay. He's in the the, the the catbird seat on
1: this. I know, but not you to know mention, what? it's just gross. In the end, if you want to be a raccoon, there's a price. But he's always and he been, lost me. He's but he's lost, always, he always lost me, Musk. Yeah, I almost bought a car, but I'm happy with the Porsche. I yeah. know he's sure gets, he's a great gets guy, worse, and but I just
0: it gets worse, Howard.
1: Okay, I want to hang out with people that aren't gross. Yeah, and some people don't mind, and I get it. But like, I now hear what you're saying about why he did the. Whereas, it'd be a great move to drop the mic and say, "These two idiots. I don't want to talk to Novogratz and Saylor. They're yeah. beneath me." But you're saying he's it brought them in. It's kind of like Trump, but times ten.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so look, Howard. It gets worse though because the core problem that Bitcoin has is that it's based on proof of work. This is how Bitcoin works because you've got all these servers all over the world that are burning so much electricity. That's your proof, right? That 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 the that the blockchain is is hasn't been hacked. That it's that it's uh, safe it's based on all of these servers using up all this energy now there there are other coins out there that don't have that that are based on proof of stake correct right they're just Mm -hmm. based on yo i i own that coin dogecoin's one of those right so we know elon's got a huge stake in dogecoin you see him tweeting all the time oh i'm really interested in these cryptocurrencies that (laughs) use you know one one hundredth the the energy of Bitcoin, as if that were the thing to worry about with Dogecoin, right? As if energy consumption, right, is the reason for Dogecoin. It's that construction of narrative. The the place on this that gets really interesting for me is around Ethereum, because Ethereum currently is proof of work. They're accelerating their plans to move over to proof of stake. So. This is not going away. This this problem, this energy consumption problem is not going away for Bitcoin. And, you know, your guests comment that this is not something that Bitcoin can bounce back easily from is so correct. It's so
1: true because the – because stake was coming. Stake makes sense to yep. me more than – I mean, I, I, I love the Bitcoin – Philosophy, like the the general philosophy about the store of value, I always bought into that easier because I didn't buy into gold or silver, but mm-hmm. or jewelry. But the thing that that blows my mind is when Vinny said it to me because you know he's a Bitcoin, bull, bo- like you know, it's, and he's not, yeah. he's not helping himself by saying the narrative is going to be a mess because you know if you're Goldman and say you're you know now any corporation says they want to put it on their balance sheet is going to have to deal with people picketing about energy in front of their building. So he yep. did change that and I, I didn't think of that at the time.
0: So look, you're you're going to have if you're going to try to do this institutional adoption argument, which is the core of what Wall Street wants, right? Cuz Wall Street yeah. wants flow. They want He assets, slowed that shit down. Elon
1: slowed that down.
0: Totally slowed that down. Yeah. And here's the other thing, you've now got really uh they're not as powerful and kind of you know, narrative terms as as Elon. I mean, nobody is if your name's not Jay Powell. But you know, you've guys like, you know Mark Cuban, he smells the blood in the water here. right? So so he's he's talking now about, oh, it's really Ethereum. It's not really Bitcoin, it's Ethereum and Dogecoin too. I'll take that for your maths tickets also, right? He sees where this is going. Right, you don't you don't think all the Ethereum supporters see where this is going? They're they're trying to move this proof of stake as far as fast as they can, and they're going to ring this ESG bell as many times as they can. Mm-hmm. I tell you, who else has got a stake in this? And that is central banks, right? Because every central bank in the world that has the ability to do it—Fed, ECB, China—they're all launching their coin. These are not proof of work coins; these are proof of stake coins, and that they're going to be ringing the ESG bell too. This is know, not I, going I, away.
1: It's not going away, but the centralized nature of these stupid government coins are just, it's just nauseating <laughs> to think this. In the end, Visa, Mastercard, Venmo, Debit card works in the US. The US doesn't need their own coin. But I don't it's way over my pay grade. So. And it's
2: antithetical to the entire DeFi claim. Like this, you know, for a central bank to kind of like make it a centralized coin. But they're going to try. They're going to try, but absolutely they're going to try
0: and the controls that treasury has over any sort of money transmitter you know that's their term for it that's you know any sort of bank exchange uh, any sort of um, broker anyone who's in the business of money you now have to report three thousand dollars you got to get your you got to have the kyc information and $10,000 worth or more of any crypto transaction, you've got to report that to Treasury.
1: Yeah, that's common. So I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that, personally. It's all coming. Yeah, that part I'm okay with. I I, I kinda, here's the, the way that I love seeing it, is I'm a super user of all these things for my age. Yeah. For my age, not compared to Nikita or, or younger yeah, right, people. Right, right, right. Meaning I have to take long naps after I super use. Uh, it's like a big gulp. I can have one, but I'm sick for a week. The, to be able to trade on a Sunday while I'm golfing, it's just fucking freedom. Like, I know it's stupid freedom, but it just felt good to, to practice my skills that I've learned over the years in small amounts on a weekend.
2: I'm still so jealous. As a Canadian, I don't get to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, you don't. first you guys should work on the vaccine and, <laughs> True. and getting an adult uh, leader. <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, you can't, in the new world order, you have to have a vaccine or some kind of order, so you guys are way behind. Where where I thought America was behind, man, the rest of the world got really behind here. And so how do you think about the dollar these days? Where's your stance on a global macro sense? Like, should we as worried, you know, for, I don't know, since I was 20, I've I've heard global macro people talk about the dollar going away, so should I worry finally? No. Yeah, it bugs me, right? Like, what a lie, what a narrative that is.
0: Well, it's... it's, Is inflation a real thing? Absolutely, it is. And this gets into the you know the the work I've been doing on inflation, right? Inflation expectations are here; they're embedded in the United States in autos and housing, which is to say, the backbone of our real economy. So this notion that tr- inflation is transitory or there's no change—that's I I think it's just baloney. Is that, I think what, is that what Charlie was saying?
2: Here. Yeah, that, yeah, Yeah, it's the, here. It's here.
1: Yeah. Anybody smart like Charlie, he was just like, I, I have eyes and ears. It's fucking here.
2: Yeah. It seems exactly. like, except for Fed, everybody seems to think that it's here and it's not transitory.
1: Well, again, that word "transitory" is one of those words that you could tell to me at fifty Such times. a weasel word. Yeah. <laughs> right? See, I mean, like, I need a, a real word. word. What does that mean? What are we saying when we say "transitory"? What are we saying?
2: it's just passing. That you know, okay. There's this like you know, Oh, it's just gonna yeah. wander by. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. Fuck. We're gonna. Yeah, it's be like a thunderstorm
0: that just blows over, and it's. I'm just kind ridiculous. of cool
1: with inflation. I know I'm not cool. It's it's terrible to say that as a stock person or as someone who believes in equities in growth, but I'm cool with inflation. Not for the poor people. I'm cool with it because it's real. Like What would you expect? I shouldn't be able to get a down filled jacket in ten minutes for a dollar. <laughs>
0: You, you know, Howard, I, I think that's really important because what matters when inflation hits, if you believe as I do that the central bank actually has very few tools to deal with it. I mean, we saw what happened in Q4 of 18 when they tried for a nanosecond to, you know, reduce the the, the balance sheet or start tapering, and you know there was there was I. I they say they've got tools to deal with inflation. I don't think they do, which is not. why they're, yep. they're boxed into We're this. We're too big. But yeah. Country's too, too big. Too big. Yep. But but here's the thing, Howard, and, and it's it's why purely from a position as an investor mm-hmm. and a stock market person like you, mm-hmm. I think that our smarts, I think that our research matters again When you've basically taken the Fed off the table in an inflationary environment.
1: Okay, that's what – I I, haven't said it that eloquently, but I've been beating the drum about paying fees. I'm like, they knocked it into your head that just buy baskets. And I'm not against baskets. I'm just saying I was anti that narrative saying, okay, in a certain type of world, you're right. The baskets were beating the Buffets, or the baskets were beating the hedge funds. But in the world that I live in, that now I believe in, I actually have some expertise After in Mm -hmm. my 50s, and maybe I didn't have it in my 30s, and I I was a part raccoon myself, just but trying to survive. I was a raccoon just because that was how you raise money, right? You faked it till you make it. I was a fake it till you make it. Meaning once I became qualified to be a raccoon, I chose not to be a raccoon. Or at least I would hope people (laughs) would say, Howard, good choice. You could have been a raccoon. You smell like one. You kind of have a face like a <laughs> raccoon with that mole. But you know what? Your quality of work makes you not raccoonish. And
2: Yeah, you're not raccoonish. Right. Yeah, you're pretty Well, I would human. hope that. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm sure I have raccoon moments, Knute. <laughs> so, sorry, what? I got to keep the farm in order. And as a raccoon, <laughs> there's no better place to keep people alert. <laughs> the uh, But I would say that right now, people need to pay for expertise we went to this you know i always said like now ellen my wife's doing real estate and she's like getting yelled at by people over nothing i go welcome to the land of being customer support and sales yep. ebay for years on ebay one person could fuck your rating <laughs> like the lowest common denominator a human being was the person that just destroyed your store and took the will of you wanting to have a little corner store on the internet because your fucking shipping was a day late, not your fault. And yeah. they gave you a one star and kicked my wife off eBay. Now Ellen's a real estate person and some asshole. I have to hear these stories. And I'm like, yeah, you're selling people homes. You're going to get the worst behavior out of any human being when it comes to their home. Correct, Canute? Absolutely there is no ebay and buying a home and maybe a car although Carbana and all this stuff cars are going to at low enough prices that the internet will help it but real estate and ebay the lowest combinator of human beings even though the price points are different and so the the idea of this is is fascinating what's going on yeah
0: yeah you know howard i got to you, it's so you know the the story about fast food franchises right the three most important things location 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 it's the same when you're thinking about looking at stocks in an inflationary environment the three things you have to pay attention to are pricing power pricing power and pricing power nobody analyzes companies for pricing power anymore huh nobody nobody right it's not something that 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 any sort of analysis happens on so there's a real opportunity, I think, here for research, discretionary investing, like say, paying somebody who looks for this stuff to actually a fee to do it. I think it matters again. It hasn't mattered for a long time. I think it's mattering again now, and I think it's going to matter more over the next few years.
1: So that's a good point. For years, like the pricing power in, a, in an inflationary 70s, 80s, 90s, I guess, when inflation kind of was always around the corner or because it it was recency bias from the oil crisis days. Analysts talked about pricing power. And today it's all about scale and AWS. You don't have to need pricing power. You just need scale. That's a really good point.
2: Yeah.
0: Absolutely right.
1: And I'll have to start thinking about, so who in today's world has pricing power? Because Google's working even though they don't. So Google must have pricing power because it's going up. Netflix doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think Netflix has it and they're not exercising it for whatever reason. But I'm not going to, I own it. I'm not going to get in an argument with Reed Hastings over it. I think they could jack their prices. I think Spotify could jack their prices at the the edge and offer some things. I think StockTwits has learned to charge people. I think anybody on the internet that has something that is is undercharging. So I think there is some hidden pricing power in some of this stuff.
2: Totally agree. I think scalability comes first. And I think then pricing.
1: scalability is the narrative. Yeah. And pricing power may kill that narrative if inflation continues to rear its ugly. If inflation isn't transitory, love the use of transitory. When I use it, when everybody else uses it, they're raccoon. The uh, I think I got, did I use that properly? It's like then and then.
2: Your stance is so transitory. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So. Well, we'll look,
0: Howard. I think it's, I think it's harder to acquire scale uh, as the cost of money goes up. Uh, and as it becomes more difficult to create these infinite duration narratives, these infinite duration stories, right? So, so how do you how do you justify, you know, a crazy multiple on an M and A deal to acquire content for your new streaming service, right? If if a the cost of money is going up in this kind of mechanistic sense, but b and this is what I mean by is more importantly, you can't construct a story that justifies some, you know, 30x multiple on what you're projecting 24 months from now. The, yeah. the shadow of the future gets much, much higher, much, much darker when you're dealing with an inflationary environment. You you can't have, like, say, the, these infinite duration stories that you hits can't. Tesla. It hits all these, these high-flying multiple companies. And so, their stock, their currency, if you will, it's, uh, you know, it's harder to spend. It, it's harder to borrow. It's harder to spend. So I, I agree very much with this notion that this is kind of the last chance to achieve that kind of scale. You know, this, this is when you got to do it, right. When money is still free, essentially. Yeah. I'll give you, still I'll give you our anecdote. some rewards for, stories. I think you'll be proud
1: yeah. of me. And I don't know if it's cause I'm smart or instinct or just lucky, but, uh, my anecdote is cause you know me so well. I'm, I've seen the, uh, Everybody says you're great, but then you go out to raise money and you can't raise money, and you're like, right. <laughs> right? Like I've done the struggle, and maybe because I was doing it wrong, or it didn't have the right pitch, or the wrong time, or it's more competitive than I thought. But whatever it is, you go out and you do your battle, and you you struggle to raise your first fund, and then you do a, and then you get some returns, and your second fund comes along, and same struggle, and then the third fund was even harder than the second fund. And then I'm like, yep. wait a minute, like the money's good, we didn't die from COVID, and I'm like in April I was like. Talked to my partner said, let's go raise fund for it like now. And I'm like, but we're not done with it. You know, it's like, but let's just be ready. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, and that's the same thing I had with their SPAC is like, okay, whether we're gonna argue feature or bug or last forever. I said, if it's a feature, which it is, like just run like hell, who cares what the market looks like once we get to the finish line, you gotta get to the finish line. Like why time it? So we ran like hell last year when it found when we realized we weren't gonna die. Raised a fourth fund, did the SPAC, lots of other stuff. But during this whole COVID, if I look back at the data and Gary's different than me, and maybe just because he's mm-hmm. smarter or, or younger or has a different view of the world, I have not written a check. So somewhere in the in the spider senses or the back of my head, or just because I'm old and Canute and I went to school at a different time and when there were textbooks and there were cash flows, or you know, cash flow mattered, or another type of thing mattered, like pricing power versus scale. Um, I can't get my head around the inflated prices. Like I was That's I was right. telling some founders this last week at the seed stage, I'm like, I was just getting at peace with Y Combinator prices and now prices mm-hmm. have doubled that, right? Like yeah. Nikita's seeing this cause she's on every pitch. She's shadowing me as I look to see the future and talk to founders. And part of it is the zoom is just hard for me to size up people and I don't like to be rushed. And this new style of, of raising money is just very aggressive. And um, matter of fact, like this is it, this is how it works now. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. Um, maybe, maybe it does. But if I look at the data, Howie hasn't written a check. And I'm not, saying now our companies are growing and we've written follow on checks, but I have not pulled the trigger at a seed deal since COVID started. And I would say part of it is, you know, whatever, but a lot of it has to do with prices. And I don't understand how I get back my money. But yet I went out there and easily, more easily raised money than we've ever raised. That's anecdote. Right. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying how the world is not making sense right now.
0: But but see, Howard, you know, I bet the Howard 20 years ago probably would have written a check, right? Really good point. This is why experience matters again, right? Because because it's a combination of you're looking at the prices and you look at, you know, this doesn't make sense to you. But it's more than that, right? It's your nose for this, right? It's just, it feels off. I have the same feeling, Howard. I think that the, let's call it the the soft bank days are over, right? I I don't think that world exists right now. And and of course, you know, the soft banks of the world are going to try to keep this going as long as they can. They have to, or try to keep it going.
1: Uh, i'll give you a crazier point not only is this not only are you and i wrong about that point because i thought SoftBank was some sort of peak in that area there's seven of them (laughs) about to be 10 of them and they may not be 100 billion it may not be sovereign money actually it may just be local dumb money or local smart whatever we're gonna call these people because it's co2 tiger d1 and i'm talking to many more forming
2: well they're just more raccoons out there
1: I just think, I just think there's just more money. I still haven't figured it out because I'm not a macro money. person. I just think it's just fucking more money. And and I and I look at Plaid like they were going to do a deal. Yeah. People thought it was a joke that Visa paid that much, four billion. <laughs> the deal gets whacked. It's at thirteen billion. And if it's such a hot deal, why is Anthony Scaramucci doing a YouTube video about it? It's a weird yeah. moment in time yeah. where the, mm-hmm. Anthony Scaramucci was sending out a video in the plaid deal. I'm mean, like, well, wait a minute. Why'd you mark it up three times and still have to have Anthony Scaramucci <laughs> selling it? Like, that's like raccoon cubed.
0: <laughs> that really is. <laughs> right? Like I,
1: is. I, I'm like, and I can't, I'm not Elon Musk. So I can only tell this to a few hundred people. Right. And, they laugh, and we're laughing amongst ourselves. We're like, all the signs are there. Anthony fucking Scaramucci. What was he, 11 <laughs> days in the White House? Yeah and now, yeah, that, that, and that's, now he's that, selling that flash, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right like and that deal went from 4 to 13 like mystically yeah I am telling you something is so broken now I'm not saying that there's I, I don't know how to play it I don't know how to time right. it uh, I just am having a hard time getting my bearings so what I find myself doing is playing on my iPhone and trading against all the people that are YOLO <laughs> I've never <laughs> had an easier time of trading yeah. and I'm not a good trader meaning if I truly just set up a desk and had size and put my hundred million dollars to work just trading, it would be easier than investing in startups right now.
0: You're you're slum you're slumming down at the uh, the, the the one two limit uh, poker table. That's what you're doing.
1: I love the one two limit poker table because I can go forever and I can walk away yeah. from the one two million dollar table and you're, without. You're,
0: you're you're playing with the the dollar. The, you know the the dentist who's in town for the convention.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are so many dentists right now on Robin Hood and they're 18 years old, and uh, it's really fascinating how all this learning has manifested into Sunday trading. Yeah, right, and yeah. like helping people make money on a Sunday <laughs> against the dentist, and these are the 18-year-old dentists who are, got their stimulus check and want to do a two-thousand-dollar YOLO trade that you know you'll take it for them.
2: Yeah. But I think it all comes back to like, you know, what you were saying that back 20, 25 years ago, cash flow mattered. And now I think the story has moved from a cash flow story because nobody really, YOLO traders don't have the time to research, to a narrative story. Yeah. And, you know, it's the narrative. Like the Fed tells you there's no inflation. So therefore, the stocks will keep on going up because you believe the Fed. Yeah. And, you know, Robinhood tells you that YOLO traders and 18 year old dentists come on and join the party. So, Everybody's t- selling you a narrative. Elon comes and sells a narrative, and we're trading on the narrative. And I think it's been a tailwind for traders to make money in the market.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, for sure. For sure. I think the, the GameStop one and maybe AMC again, there's certain ones that just are defying all yeah. the gravity of things, like at least Bitcoin crash. Yeah. GameStop still levitating. <laughs> yeah. uh, or even the Plaid I mean? one, though.
2: Like, you know, on yeah. Twitter, it was celebrated that, like, that deal fell fell apart.
1: And a lot of my friends who were early investors yeah. were nervous because they were successful and they weren't, like, going to go broke. But they were like, ooh, I can't cash that check. Like, there's nothing more terrifying, and I say this as someone who's got some money, than almost making a lot of money. right? Like, it's like being on the one-yard line. It's like, I think Robin Hood's going to do fine. But like, every time I hear, I see a Robin Hood link, I'm like, oh God, because I'm not <laughs> quite there yet, you know? Not quite there. Yeah, my LPs go from, you should have sold more to why'd you sell any? Yeah. As if it's a public company and I'm just waiting. You know what I mean? I can't, you know, I'm not quite Mark Cuban on any of this stuff yet. So, I I like to tell people, and I think Ben, this is why I like Ben, is like, we'd like to give people advice. When you're in a position to be a raccoon, don't be a raccoon.
0: Best advice I've got, Howard. It's so right.
1: So, keep doing what you're doing, pointing out the silliness and irregularities and the contradictions. You know, I think the people pointing out the raccoons are never going to be in a position of power, unfortunately. But there's enough good people at the edge of this that are now making a living. This is one of the great things about WordPress or blogs and all this stuff is like, you don't have to be a, a trillionaire to have influence.
0: Exactly right. And that's all that matters, right? It's just to have that find your pack, find the the core people who you know, are looking at things with clear eyes and full hearts, and uh, you'll be fine. You'll be more than fine. You know, it's a good way to live
1: any content you you're watching on the on the tv that's caught your eye the mayor east town was great she's great the the woman from uh, titanic i forget her name kate winslet
2: oh kate
0: winslet yeah show.
1: um anything you've watched that you've loved
0: you know i got to tell you no i'm still i'm kind of back in my uh reality tv mode right huh. so i'm i'm just uh, i love shows like that i've i i like the cooking shows oh you know i there's nothing better for me than than you know, get a nice tequila and watch a little Gordon Ramsay to yell at people. I, that that that's how I, can't I do why It Just creates
1: hard. anxiety for me. That like Gordon. <laughs> Gordon needs to get smacked around a little. The uh, I just like to disappear into the content. So I'm I'm a, I'm a harsh critic, but when I find something good, i love disappearing and putting my phone away. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for uh, the transitory uh, tour down a narrative lane in about inflation. I think it's here to stay. I think people should use this opportunity to pay for expertise, but not raccoon expertise. There's a lot of raccoon, expertise, raccoon platforms expertise. out there, like masterpiece and all these things. There's so much raccoon as a platform that I forgot to to bring that up, but like oh, we'll have to do it on the next time. It's not just that there's raccoons out there. they are literally building platforms for them.
0: Yeah. They're, they're, they're just multiplying. It's, it's, so ra- right. pla-
1: it's raccoons <laughs> at scale. Howard, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You're the man. Talk to you soon. You got it, brother. Bye. Bye. Right. There you have it. We could talk for hours, or I guess I could, and Ben could listen. <laughs> <laughs> but he always makes sense. Doesn't mean you're going to make money off of it, but uh, you have to know that there's a limit to all this silliness, and then the other side of the silliness is just economics and math. Yeah. And eventually, math just starts catching up to stuff. Yeah. Or behavior can just turn on a dime. Yeah. And uh that's what I love about the markets. It's yeah. like all right, some it would if it wasn't Musk, it'd be somebody else. But nothing could levitate or go with that a parabolic gravity kind of just took effect and he tipped it. He he had the joy of flicking it with a tweet <laughs> yeah. and going, see ya and he's a gift of that, right? Marked mm-hmm. it in time. Yeah. Whereas we all do that and call tops <laughs> and it just leads to just headaches. Totally. Playing that game.
2: And then when the opposite happens, we get crucified on Twitter. I
1: get crucified. <laughs> but I, I don't mind getting crucified because that's part of the game. Right. And it's very fringe. Crucifixion is still fringe people. Yeah. And you either, uh, you turn that into your own power. I try and tell people, you know, you can engage it in I generally say, hello, dad. And that kills <laughs> the thing. You usually get a laugh out of people. Hey, dad. <laughs> the meanest comments with, oh, Dad. Really diffuses the situation because if you can take a piss on yourself or piss at yourself, I don't know what the English oh my term God. is. Take a piss. Uh, English people say it. When you can just laugh at yourself, it really diffuses the situation. And Ben has that ability, but also creative thinker. And yeah. So we've got Vinny, we've got we've got a lot of people with comments here. I guess because crypto's on my mind. Yeah, and we've got some other great conversations coming. But there's a many hot takes. I think the narrative changing is a big one now. Yeah, it is. And so it's going to take some time. All right, everybody, Panic with Friends. That was Ben Hunt. We do this weekly, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, Apple Store, or whatever, Apple's podcast app. Just look my name up, click the subscribe button. You'll get an alert every week with our podcast. I have a free blog, howardlinzen.com, and we talk about trends. We talk to investors, founders, traders, entrepreneurs, and just try and get a little bit ahead of the curve. Thanks, Knut. Thanks, Nikita. See everybody soon.
0: Thank you.
2: Bye.